Welcome to another edition of our Inside EWCSD podcast. My name is Mark Patterson, your host as always. On today's show, we're really excited to be able to talk to a very important member of not only our district, but our bigger EWCSD community. We have Jenny Gray, who is from our cause organization. But before we pick Jenny's brain and get started, I did want to give a couple of reminders to our EWCSD community. One of the reasons why we have Jenny on our podcast this week is because this is um, Learning Disabilities Awareness Month. So we wanted to be able to highlight some of the amazing supports that we have out there in our community to support our families who have students with special needs. Also, we received notification that we have won the Golden Bell Award for our student leadership. This is one of those awards that goes out and recognizes and reaffirms the amazing focus that we have as a district in supporting student voice and student advocacy. So our board will be claiming that prize at their annual conference coming up at late November. Also, at Monday's board meeting, we are going to be recognizing all 14 of our PBIS awards that have been bestowed upon us. So each one of our elementary schools, STEP, and our three middle schools receive PBIS recognition. So we're really excited to recognize them. So with all of that out of the way, we're going to start with our interview with Jenny from Cause. Jenny, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. So I'll just, um, could you just give us a little bit of a background of who Jenny is and what you're about? I'll do my best to keep it little. Um, I'm a mom of a 36-year-old, excuse me, he just turned 36 two days ago, a uh, young man who has cerebral palsy. So we, we are members of East Whittier City School District since the infant program. Oh, wow. Okay. And then on to preschool and kindergarten and up through all the way through Cal High. Um, at which point um, he decided he wanted to go on to college, which was a little bit surprising to me because his biggest difficulty with the cerebral palsy is he uh, doesn't walk uh, without a walker, and which means he can't drive. And he has visual issues, which means he reads at third grade level. Okay. But he proceeded on to college and graduated with his bachelor's uh, in adolescent studies what? Where did he go? Cal State Fullerton. Oh, okay. Fellow Titan. <laughs> <laughs> and he is currently at um, Cal State LA getting a teaching credential. Oh, how amazing. Yes. He wants to be an adaptive PE teacher. Oh, that's phenomenal. To work with the ch- kids that like, he, they, he was worked with when he was young. Oh. So, um, so he, that's my background. I became a member of the staff at, uh, at La Colima when he left there and the principal at the time came to me and said, I've seen you work with your son, I've seen you modify work, I've seen you do what needs to be done in order to get him to be successful. Would you like a job? And I said no. (laughs) (laughs) Even though she says, you know, it was only three hours a week, so why don't you go home and think about it? (laughs) And I, three hours a day, excuse me. And I said, sure. And I thought about it, and I said, yeah, that's kind of dumb to say no. So I said yes, and the 22... You've been saying yes all along. 22 years (laughs) later, here I am, yes. Oh, wow. So 
So with that background, how did you come up with the inspiration for CAUSE? And, and can you explain what CAUSE stands for too? Collaborative action and unity in special education. With collaborative being such an important word these days, we, we chose it specifically to be part of our name. We knew that SE at the end was easy because it stood for special education. We just had to create the beginning. Um, we created this because because of Jason, because when he graduated and he walked down that aisle to get his degree and everybody congratulated me and I said, I didn't do this, he did. He was the one who took the tests. He was the one who attended school. He was the one who was fearless to show up on a college campus knowing he couldn't read the signs to tell him where to go. But he did it anyways. Um, and uh, afterwards, people would say, you know, good job, Mom. And I'd say, no, it's, it's not me. And they said, but if it wasn't for you, he wouldn't believe he could have done this. So he and I sat down and had a long talk about how did we get to that point? And we realized that every time there was a challenge, um, something standing in our way, there happened to be someone there to give us some good advice. And the more we discussed that, we decided we needed to pay it forward and be that for other families who were still in an earlier part of their journey through special ed. So and in that process, it really was just people along the way. It wasn't any formalized organization, formalized group. It's no. just the different support structures you had in place Correct. as a family. Correct. Okay. You know, we, for example, we were at his um, PT session and in the big room that we were doing PT, the, an OT was sitting there and I was talking to the PT and explaining that, you know, hey, they think Jason has ADD. What do you think? And I'm not sure what to do. And the OT, who'd never worked with Jason, said, I've observed him every time you're here and I'm going to tell you he's not ADD. Oh, wow. You need this. And she told me exactly what I needed to do and we did it and there was a big difference in his ability to focus and stay have attention so it was more of a processing thing than ADD so um, you know that was just one example of of the many times people we call them angels that showed up and had the right information we needed at the right time and led us to the right place so instead of leaving it to carpe diem and just hoping that something's gonna come about at the right place at the right time that was the inspiration for correct cause. because we feel feel like you know there's enough I remember the first year that Jason we, was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. It's a, it was a year lost because you're just not knowing what, what's happening to your life. Right. This is not what you had planned. And was and he diagnosed I, at a young age? He was diagnosed at um, five months old. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. He, he was born healthy. He got sick at three months. And two months later, they said, well, there's some issues. So, oh, okay. Um, so knowing that, knowing that parents go through this grieving process, we felt like we needed to be there for them. And then as we meet other parents who are a little farther on their journey, we all help each other because that's the best way to get through it. So was the inception of cause just you and Jason initially? Mm -hmm. Initially, correct. Wow, so what was correct. the next step then? Figuring out how, did, how, did, how do we... How do we connect with parents? How do we how do we do what we do? Knowing that I came across a lot of parents by being an instructional assistant here in the district, um, we figured it has to connect somehow. And I was in contact with Diana Grant, who was the SPED director at the time, and I shared my thoughts. and And also, Elisa Clark was the principal at the school I, I worked, and we dis I discussed it with her. So sharing the idea with several people. Um, we figured it needs to be some sort of nonprofit foundation where we can do what we need to do in the way we need to do it. And that's how it, it just, 
we ha- we did all the paperwork to become a nonprofit, and then we said, okay, now what? <laughs> exactly, right, right. But we started with some workshops, some basic workshops. I'm friends with a lot of teachers, and they were amazing to come and give behavior support workshops and things like that. I have friends in the community um, that came and gave like a, a special needs trust workshop. Um, we did uh, an in-home supportive services workshop. We've done a, a coping me- skills workshop. So a lot of those are just because of people I know or who I now cross paths with. Right, right. And that they want to help. They want to be part of it. That's so, amazing. So yeah. those, those workshops really just kind of came out yes. based upon what you've identified as yes. needs or what you've gone through personally exactly. yourself as well. Correct. If, if it's something that I found out, oh, I needed, a, I needed a special needs trust for my son. So that way when something happens to myself and my husband, he's still taken care of. Do parents know they need that? Okay, let's let's tell them. Right, and as you said, there's this whole process of how people are going through this journey like you have done. So letting that personal expertise and that personal journey kind of help guide others Mm -hmm. is is, is amazing. I don't claim to be an expert, Mark. (laughs) I claim to just have experience. I, I, I tell the families I come in contact with, I'm at the other end. You are still heading towards the tunnel. And I'm outside, and, and I can see what's different. I can see that I'm going to – and the first thing I tell them is, your child will still mature. I know you don't think so, but they will. And things will change, so you need to be prepared for that. So well, that's, that's inspiring, that's too. That's my experience. Yeah. So what advice would you give to parents? Uh, to be patient to fill their their lives around with the community that they've been given which is other other families on the same journey and that's what we've done by creating a mom's group and now a dad's group which we're so excited about because the dads carry emotion very differently than moms moms immediately have to go into that I have to be a mom mode and still do all the things that the mom needs to do. I still have to worry about feeding and 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 clothing and, and school and all of the things that you would with any child. And dads are still feel, feeling the oh, what happened here? And the and the dad group is just recently formed, correct? We've only had two meetings. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Which, how did that come about? Well, because um, we knew we always wanted to do a dads group. We weren't in any real hurry because I wasn't sure what kind of response we'd get. But at one of the workshops, one of the dads. Uh, clearly said so I keep hearing the moms talk about this dad's group thing or the mom's group and um, how do we get into a dad's group and I said well let's start one and I said if you're going to be there I'll be there and so we we did and the first time we had four four of dads and then this last time we had six but a couple from the first time weren't able to make it, so we would have actually had eight. Okay. okay. <laughs> we would have doubled in size. We've actually, our dads even included um, dads from other districts that's fantastic. that heard about us. Well, I think that's the beautiful part of it, mm-hmm. right? Because you're also expanding and getting out we there. Just, I know that you've kind of reached out to our local SELPA at WACSEP yes. to be able to see what partnerships can be formed there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's really exciting. Um, can you tell us a little about your involvement in Spooktacular? So we've used the, the Whittier 5K Spooktacular as a fundraiser ever since we've started, which, is, which believe it or not, was pre-pandemic. Uh, we just had to stop like everybody else. Um, but it, for what we do is we call that our community awareness fundraiser because being that we're doing it out in the community, people will come up and ask who we are, what's cause all about, and it's our opportunity to share 
with them with uh, with who we are and introduce them to our community. And so we um, ask runners to pay a, a certain amount, a minimum donation. We provide them with a cause shirt and we pay for their um, racing fee. And then we run together as a team and we all know that we're running for a cause. Love it. So those of you who don't know, um, EWCSD is picking up the cost of all families, students and staff for the spooktacular but we are highly encouraging you to go to the cause website and run under their banner it's going to be the same type of idea but this also gives you an opportunity to support their amazing organization Um, that's how much we believe in cause we want to push all of our traffic over to the cause website so what what would they do to go on to get register under you they can go onto our website which is just spedcause.com and find information there on how to register and uh, the information they would give me to register them under our team banner. And then I'll have their information for our team shirt and um, follow up with information with them from there. So the first time I saw you guys at the Spooktacular was happenstance. I didn't even realize that you guys had run Mm -hmm. and we saw so many of our teachers and Miss Clark was there Mm -hmm. running with you. Um, so is the bee, you guys were dressed as bees, so okay. is that the official mascot of cause, well, or was that just kind of. a one-time yeah, thing? Yeah, no, it, the bee is, if you notice our logo, it's a beehive, and there's a couple little bees on it, and that coincides with our story. So aerodynamically, on paper, a bee should not be able to fly, its butt is too big, and <laughs> its wings are too thin, but no one ever told them it couldn't. So we have always approached that, especially when Jason graduated and people said, well, he only believed he could go to school because you never told him he couldn't. It was just your philosophy of what your children would do. Um, So we connected it. And then when we came up with cause as its name, um, we we put the B in front of it because we believe in the possibilities for every child. So it all kind of just. Well, does, I, I never, I never really realized that was the connection. Yeah. So I, yeah. I love it, and I love seeing you guys running around with your, yes. with, your bee, with your <laughs> little bee antennas. It's we really wear amazing. antennas so. and sometimes wings, and <laughs> even my other son had wings on last oh. year. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. so that kind of brings us to the resources part. So you know, parents who are going through this process mm-hmm. and this journey and mm-hmm. part of this community, what are things that you would point them to in order to help support that journey? Every time I get a phone call from a parent that has been um, directed to me for information, the first thing I I let them know is they need to become a client of Regional Center. If they haven't, they need to start that process. Regional Center, um, I know some people have had ups and downs, but Regional Center is a lifetime um, program by the state. And so the reason my son, who can't drive and can't read, was able to succeed in college is because Regional Center provided support for that. So had they, had I not become a client of Regional Center, we wouldn't have been able to give Jason what he needed. So Regional Center is a lifetime program. And in fact, they're really out there to support people with disabilities beyond the school age because school is so involved when they're younger that once they graduate high school, regional center is there to kind of take the reins to um, help find jobs, help find, you know, go to school, help live on their own, all of the things that you hope your child will still be able to do. So that would be the first thing that I would tell a parent is become a client of regional center. It's, the, the problem is, is that parents are going through a grieving process. They're going through an adjustment process. They're going through a learning process of their own, trying to figure out 
how do I handle this child that has behavior issues or how do I handle this child who doesn't walk or can't speak? They're, they're dealing with their daily issues. Then to have to fight a, a battle sometimes to become a client can, is something they don't bother to do. They don't have the energy to do, and I understand that. But I'm going to tell them, find it and do it. Stick with it because they're, they are full of resources themselves for the parents. Secondly, I would say if you want to ha ask, if you want to find services for your child, you want to find activities, the best way to do that is other parents. So really get involved with our mom's group or our dad's group. Our mom, next mom's group, in fact, is on the 11th, and our dad's group is going to be on the 25th. For mom's group, we meet, we, we are now called the swarm, sorry. Oh, I love it. Okay, okay. <laughs> For the mom's group. Um, we Does the meet, dad's group get to have a name no, too? We haven't come up with one, okay. although one dad okay. did mention the stingers. I, you know, I was going to say something, but okay. I, yeah, yeah. He said that because, you know, that's how a bee protects itself, and that's the dad's job. So I thought, okay, well, we'll take that into consideration. <laughs> we'll file that one. Mm, yeah, it's up there. Um, but the, the moms we meet at La Colima campus, um, and the dads we meet at the WOCSEP campus, okay. which is really nice that we're able to have those places to meet. Well, we would love to be able to promote those. So if you want to be able to push that out on our social media, we okay. would love to be able to do anything we can to support you. We definitely you know. will. Thank you. And I, I've been fortunate enough to see you actually in the classroom at La Kalima and the way that you interact with kids and just the way you carry yourself in every single scenario that I've ever interacted with you. So I cannot speak more highly about cause and what cause does. And I really love the the positive spin that you put on everything of, you know, this is about collaboration. This is about support. This is about finding ways to make all of our kids feel valued, seen, mm -hmm. respected, and have that possibility mm -hmm. to do anything that mm -hmm. they can set their mind to. So um, I know you got a lot of plans for this year, but there is something exciting that you want to have occur in the next couple of years. So can you tell our audience about that? Yes, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is this is my last year as an instructional assistant because there's something on the horizon that will take a lot more time, and that is the Mardi Gras for Autism. This is an event that was held in Fullerton for many years. Um, the, the last one they had was prior to the pandemic, and it was, it's just a community event that's full of resources for parents. It's, com it's full of activities for the kids. It's full of interaction from all community members it's a, just itself. Um, and I always thought it was something I wanted to do, knowing that it was going to be a, a big bite to chew. Um, so I, I called the people who run it. And I asked them for their model and would they be willing to work with me and help me out. And they told me they aren't going to be doing it anymore, but we could have their brand. They'd be giving it to us. And that they were excited that someone showed up just in the nick of time to say, we'll take it. And so we're going to work together. We're looking at the spring of 2025 okay. because it is going to take a lot of work that right. I don't even know. I know I will need you know, to work with the city. I'll need to work with permits. I'll need to find just the right location, um, work with police, every, everybody. We're, you know, and we're pulling community in. We want to pull as many community members that we can in because this is their community. We're in Whittier. This is Whittier's community of, of extraordinary people that are, it's growing. It's growing by leaps and bounds. Um, so, you know, we want, we want all of Whittier to know that we exist and, and, you know, we love for you to welcome us 
Well, so. we would love to offer yeah. any of our campuses if it's that size of yeah. an event, if it's bigger than what we could accommodate. But, you know, we'll be there to support you. But that we would, would be we would love to offer the oh, East yeah. Warrior Middle School campus or, you know, anything like that to be able to support. Yes, that it. would be fabulous. It, it, yeah, we we're trying to figure out the best places. You know, it's it, we've, we've thought of shopping centers, but we don't know if we'll be interrupting business. Right. And but at the same time, just think if there's thousands of people of the business that just it the would foot traffic for them. to be able Correct. to help them out. Yes. But it's going to take that first right. event for the, the business to see that, to have faith. in. Well, it. if we can help you create the buzz out there, we would love to be able to do yes. that and cut down some of your costs as I well, but also highlight our partnership. Yes. We would love to yes. be able to do that. And speaking of costs, it's, it's one of the reasons that our um, fundraisers are so important even, even more now because this is an event that doesn't cost anybody other than the vendors who want to come and, and talk, you know, have a, a booth. Um, it'll be probably a minimal cost to start. Uh, but every every other aspect of it, the expense is going to be on cause. We're going to have to you know pay for the permits. We're going to have to provide the security. We're going to have to provide everything that, that is going to go along with it. So um, we need to prepare for that. And that's what this next year is all going to be all about, is just raising funds so that we can prepare for this great event that I know will just be so wonderful for, for us, for the city, for the parents. The parents are, are that I've spoken to are already so excited about it. They the dads are already, you know, we'll put booths up. We'll do this. We'll do right. that. So um, it's it's going to be just spectacular. I spectacular. Have, <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah. I have no doubt. So the other the other fundraiser that we do every year as well is we do an evening of bowling. Unfortunately, Whittier doesn't have a bowling alley anymore. And you sold out last year, didn't you? Uh, pretty much. Oh, yeah. We we did really well. Our goal, though, is to actually take up the whole bowling okay. alley. So <laughs> that's like 30 lanes, and we had 16 so we are halfway there. That's amazing. Um, again, we charge a, we charge a minimal amount. Uh, we provide dinner, a cool T-shirt that says "Cause," and we bowl for two hours. But we also have a, an amazing uh, silent auction. From you know, the city of Whittier comes through for us every year with donations of items, and parents donate. And we had a teacher who who from scratch made a cornhole set for us, and just. Um, you know, any donation that we can get, we put together, we put a price tag on it, and people start bidding. So that's that's another fundraiser we have. I like to keep my fundraisers at a minimum as far as, you know, what I'm asking initially so people can come and have a good time, and then, you know, they can, they can give as they want to afterwards. But we need to do that a little bit more often if we're going to make some more money. Well, and since you keep tying it to kind of after-hour after events and athletics like the spectacular and the bowling, mm -hmm. I will put the district on the hook and say if you want to come up with some type of arrangement like we did with the spectacular where we can help you with the lane rentals and that upfront cost since it's extended learning um, yes. and, and it's an opportunity yes. we would be we would love to be able to partner with you with that if you want to that would be terrific I would love that partnership I've been a partner with East Whittier City School District for 22 years now <laughs> so um, I would love to have that and I think that would be a great way then to even show other school districts look here's what we're doing let's do the same with you and, and you know get them to help out as well because if like I said the this community event autism uh, Mardi Gras for autism will affect the entire community absolutely wherever we host it it's going to affect the entire community of Whittier and probably then some because people in Fullerton that name they know and they're gonna come out from Fullerton to see right. you know to do the same so 
Yeah, so we're really excited about that, and we would love to do that, Mark. I appreciate okay. your no, offer. No, absolutely. Thank we, you. we would love to. Yes. We would love to. So anything you want to leave our, our millions of listeners with? <laughs> um, I'm just really excited. I know that there's we've, we've grown a lot this past year. Pa- like I said, pandemic threw us for a loop, but it, did, it threw everybody for a loop in so many ways, and everybody's getting back on their feet. And for us, we finally feel like our feet are on solid ground, and the parents are just so enthusiastic about it. Um, that it fills my heart. It, it, it's made me realize it's why Jay and I and my family are who we are. Um, to share a little bit, when, when Jay was about five or six years old, for the first time he was looking through his baby book and we had pictures of when he, he got sick and, and he never seen them before. So he was very interested and he started asking questions. And after I explained what I could explain to a five-year-old, um, he just clenched his little fists and he pounded them on the table and he said, why did this happen to me? And as tears were in my eyes and a lump in my throat, all I could say to him was, I don't know, but we're going to find out. And over the last couple of years, he and I have very uh, many times said, I think we're finding out. Oh. I think we're finding out why, why you are who you are and how it's made us who we are and what our purpose is with all of this. And he loves speaking to people. He's our biggest donation getter when he, it's time to go ask for donations for our silent auction. He has no problem going in and talking to stores and restaurants and collecting gift cards and gift baskets. And so he, he, he loves that part. And if he could, he'd also be a lifetime student, but <laughs> he needs to graduate <laughs> and get a job. So that's the next on the goal. But I will throw another thing out there. One of the things You're that gonna if, hire if him? you, if you, well, I, I was, I was going to kind of go down a not so like committed route, but one of the things that we have talked about, you know, we're really mm-hmm. proud of our middle school sports program. Mm-hmm. We've contracted with the boys and girls club, which goes to the board on Monday night to offer an elementary program. Um, for our elementary students, but one of the things that Dr. Aceves and I and Ms. Clark have been talking about, is there a way or a company or a group out there who provides, you know, athletic competitions, sporting programs, and things like that for some of our students who, you know, are in our mod severe programs who don't necessarily have access to, you know, youth sports out there. So, if Jay would like to come and meet with us and brainstorm, especially if he's going down the adaptive PE route, Correct, we yes. would love to be able to see if there's anything that you guys have come up, come in contact with or mm-hmm. come across so that we can make sure that all of our students have that opportunity. We will figure it out. That's okay. what we always do. We will figure it out to, fi- to make things happen, not only for Jason, but for all those right. students you just mentioned, because you're correct there. There are a lot of them that, that don't get involved with team sports right. because of many reasons. And I would rather be a a grassroots thing rather than hiring an outside group to come in and do it. So maybe there's something. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even though you're leaving us. (laughs) We'll both be considered alums. There we go. There Um, we go. He's currently on a a Special Olympic softball team. So he, he, sports is in his blood. If he didn't have cerebral palsy, I'm convinced he'd be a major league baseball player. So, you know, and, you know, typically, you know, districts who are K-12 districts, unified Mm -hmm. districts have Special Olympics because they have the older students. That does not mean that's not something that we in EWCSD could look and vision for the future. Again, that's my thought already that he can pull in Uh Special Olympics somehow Mm -hmm. 
to the schools yeah. and, and do some sort of program with that. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of options out there, yeah. and we're looking at every one of them because he needs a job. <laughs> okay. Right, exactly, right? Right, right. Yes, but it, it would, it's, that would be a passion of his. Okay. That's why he went towards a PE route to begin with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll be thinking. We'll be thinking. Yes. Okay. We'll be working. Okay. Yes. So, Jenny, thank you so much for, for joining us. And um, we're really excited about all the things I just committed to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Okay. Pleasure to be here. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of our Inside EWCSD. Special thanks to Jenny for the great discussion about our relationship with CAUSE. We hope that the information shared today was beneficial to everyone. Thanks for listening to Inside EWCSD. And please, 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 please make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts for access to all of our episodes. Until then, we'll continue to open the door to every child's future here at EWCSD. We'll see you next time.